Hello, hello. Hey up, what's up, what's good? Welcome to the Any Given Runway Show. I'm your host, Randall Carlton Green. Any Given Runway celebrates the exploration of new cultures by highlighting some of the most artistic, athletic, tenacious, basically unique and interesting people in the world. Everyone has a story, each person a scholar. Welcome to season three. As we continue to seek out some of the most unforgettable humans, some of the most memorable stories, in the first two seasons, the show featured guests from over 60 different countries and will continue down that path because it is imperative that we cherish the differences. And we can only do that by getting out and journeying into unknown frontiers, whether it be physically or simply through conversation, sharing lovely experiences and saluting the tenacious and resilient guests. Terrific, terrific episode for you today with just an incredibly delightful guest. And our first representative from Ecuador a member of the Ecuador national inline skating team, Gabby Vargas, joins the show. Gabby is a competitive inline skater, and recently at the World Speed Championships in Colombia, she landed two top 10 finishes. The communications major has been competing internationally since 2017, and she's competed all over the world, including several countries in Europe, South America, and China. This was such a fun conversation. We hit it off immediately. She has a wonderful and infectious personality. On today's conversation, Gabby talks about what it's like to train as a world-class athlete and how she uses cross-training with cycling and other forms of cardio to be a more well-rounded. Gabby also chats about the importance of nutrition for competitive athletes and how it was something that she struggled with in the past. Lastly, Gabby and I talk about her travels around the world and another hobby that she likes to do when she's traveling called bikepacking. This was a term I'd never heard before, but I think it's fabulous. Brilliant, brilliant conversation. Like I said, she was an absolute delight to chat with, way beyond compare. Was super stoked watching her at the World Championships, and I'm incredibly happy for her two top 10 finishes. And looking forward to see what's next for Gabby in the competitive year in 2022. She is a talented athlete, but also a great ambassador for her home country of Ecuador. I think by the time you finish listening to this episode, you'll want to pack your bags and get on the next flight to Quito. Thrilled for everyone to meet her. So let's go ahead and bring on a member of the Ecuador national inline skating team, Gabby Vargas, and let's learn. Growing up, what were some of the first sports and activities you did? And then when was it that you first got introduced to inline skating? Well, I first started doing gymnasts because I was like a hyper kid, you know, and my parents were just like, yeah, we need to find you something to do because you're going to drive us crazy. Uh, so I started very young on that sport um, because of my parents mainly. I started loving it, uh, but I do have uh, hyperflexibility in my elbows. Mm -hmm. So that stopped me from keeping in that sport in gymnast. But I loved the sport. I loved to do activities. And my parents also were very... Um, into sport and they really wanted us to do something after school and so that we could be occupied. So I started together with my mom looking around, uh, what sports did we like, what sports did I like? Um, and we found two, so uh, gymnastics, but the rhythm part, like with the um, yeah. hulas and stuff and speed skating. So I started doing both. Uh, for some time and then yeah I just went uh, full in for 
in life in speed skating when I was around 10 or something. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was now I am so happy with that choice I made as a 10 year old. <laughs> yeah, it's not often that the, the choices we make as a 10 year old that we're still happy about. So I'm, I'm glad that that happened for you. In your Instagram posts, I love it because you're always doing a variety of exercises, things outside of speed, speed skating, a lot of variety of disciplines. So since your career started, how have you adapted and changed your training over time? Yeah, well, of course, you start mainly with skates. But as you grow up and as you grow within the sport and in the sport and with the sport, of course, the training has to evolve with that and with you as a person uh, and your lifestyle. But uh, mainly inline skating um, is combined with three other sports, which is uh, it's three in general. So inline skating, biking, and weight training. So um, because inline is an aerobic sport, it you have also have to be strong and fast. Mm -hmm. So that's where the biking and the weights come together to make you a better inline skater so wherever you go in the world and you find inline skaters there will be biking a lot and doing some kind of weight just because it complements the sport very well till the point that some skaters we really love biking very much we wouldn't do it like as a priority sport but we just love it so much for weightlifting and jumps and stuff so um, those are the main two other sports that i do for inline and um yeah, with time to just like start adding a bit more hours to your rides, a bit more weight and more exercise just to be, help you become a better athlete and more uh, seeking that better version of yourself as an athlete. So, yeah. yeah. I feel that because there's those three elements of that, of the aerobic and the strength training, I feel that because you have that, it makes training more fun and maybe you can enjoy it because you're not getting burned out. So for you, what is it that you like most about having the three different areas? Well, it depends on the person. For me, I, I really enjoy the, the three. I really like biking. I love the gym as well. And of course, I love inline skating. But for some other inline skaters, they don't really uh, enjoy that much biking, for example. Mm -hmm. Or uh, the other way around, they don't like the gym. I think that's the having that chance of doing a being like one kind of athlete, let's say like that, on the gym and one other athlete on the bike uh, brings a very nice balance to the sport. Actually, um, on the bike mainly for me, I feel like that's the um, time where you just can relax a little bit and calm your mind and just make it take, take it to a different uh, mindset, as, mindset as well. So. It depends on the person. It depends on what you make of it. But yeah, I really, really enjoy the the three sports that we that we do as an inline. Very theater. cool. Very cool. Yeah. Well, you, you mentioned a bit about bike being a time to relax your mind. So, what other things do you do, or activities do you do to make sure you're in the right frame of mind to compete, especially on a race day? Well, yeah, that's that's a hard one because. Whenever we're close to competing, I feel like there's always going to be something on your mind. You're not going to be like fully calm. Mm -hmm. uh, there's always going to be some nerves. There's going to be some expectation as well. So uh, 
Well, I like visualizing, visualizations, mm -hmm. um, breathing, but it's hard. It's hard because whenever you're close to competition, there's also there's always this kind of feeling in your body that you bring with you of that excitement and that nervousness. But I feel like being sure of what you've done, of the training that you've put in the all of the hours that you've put in um really comes to a good uh to be a good help in that um, state of mind that you might yeah. be in yeah yeah um and also knowing that i, I through that with the years i've learned to love the process okay. and not start just like focus only on results yeah um so i feel like that has also helped me with that yeah thing that we're talking about with the nervousness with that anxiousness and um yeah it's hard it's hard to just to say that yeah you should focus on the process because like the system that we are currently in especially in ecuador um it's hard because you're also you're always measured in results as an athlete so as a pro athlete and if you don't have results then you won't get a salary and then your career might stop yeah. so it's also hard to put all your um like be chill and just trust the process and all these things when you have all that pressure here so i also think you have to find that balance to be at ease with yourself and be happy where you're at and what you're doing. And I would always say is that I would always say that a happy mind is the best place to be, and that that happy mind and the happy state will reflect re, will reflect on your training and in your competition as well. So um, happy mind, fast legs. <laughs> happy mind, fast legs. Incredibly well said and very honest and candid answer. I mean, it's it's true. As athletes, you're judged by the results. You can't get caught up in that. You got to focus on the journey. I think it's brilliant. One thing that you do as well, you compete in different lengths, distant distances with skating. So how does your preparation change compared to a shorter race, maybe a longer race? Yeah, well, on inline, there are two types of speed skaters. So like sprinters and long distance skaters. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, the sprinters have a completely different training. I am a long distance, the long distance skater. Um, in the beginning of the season, we mainly do trainings together where because you have to build that up, you have to build that base, that aerobic base that will keep you going yeah. <laughs> through the season. So then we can share like same trainings. But when you're getting closer to the race, like to your peak race of the season, where you really have to perform and try your best, um, then you start doing like separate, like more focused trainings, depending on what type of skater you are so let's say it very generally sprinters would be lifting more on the gym focusing more on jumps um, and focusing more on the technical part of their skating because on um, well because they race so short distances and short time they don't have space or time for mistake mm -hmm. <laughs> So they would be very much focused on that. Whereas us long distance skaters, we would be putting more hours on skates and trying to 
um, train like a race would be. Mm-hmm. And I'll put a lot of intensity in the skating and balance it out on the biking and on the gym. So um, I feel like for a, I'm, I'm going to talk for myself as a long distance skater. When you prefer with the longest race we would compete in would be the marathon. Uh, that's 42 kilometers, but on the track and road, that's uh, 15 kilometers. Um, and the races are very much the same, we would say. You have like intermediate sprints that you have to do. So the pre- preparing towards one of the distances would make you also strong to for the other ones. Yeah. What makes, what comes to make the difference, I think would be that tactical part of the race um so yeah like that how do you handle rest and recovery because you already talked about enjoying the process enjoying the journey and i'm sure there are times where you know it's best to rest but maybe in the back of your mind you're like gosh i really shouldn't take a day off but it's also essential and important for your body to recover so how do you handle that well i had to learn it Mm -hmm. (laughs) because i when I was younger, I used to have a coach that was like, no, rest days, you, you shouldn't have a rest day. You you will rest when you're dead. That's Beast how mode. he said Beast it. mode every day, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I really had that mindset of like, you shouldn't rest. But now I've come to the knowledge that, of course, resting makes it's part of training and makes you a better athlete. Um, so in the beginning, it was hard for me to get, to make that transition and to actually get a full rest day. Literally on the week, I always have a rest day. And in the middle of the week, we have a recovery week uh, day. So just to balance it out. Um, and not only in sport, I think for the mind, it's also very important to take their rest and change the scenery and stuff. I am a university student and I am currently on holiday from university. So I found myself before the semester ended and before exams, I was just so busy and so stressed with exams, with training, with trying to do my best every, every time. And I was just wishing for the semester to end. And once it came to an end, like one week after, I was like, damn, I want to do something. (laughs) Like, I don't have anything to do. But then I was like, okay, I I need this. I'm not going to do anything. I need this. Good for me. I can focus on sport and just make that prioritization makes uh, a difference. And I feel like with, with resting, we should learn to make it a priority as well if we want to um, level up our game yeah. and now that we have like all this technology around us um for me personally it's been a little well i found myself uh, very much on instagram mm-hmm. and sometimes you lose track of time when you're just scrolling and I'm like, okay, I, I, I need to do an Instagram detox. So I'm just like leaving it on the side or just put um, your phone to charge and far away from you. And then just like put your sleeping mask on and like, okay, now it's, it's rest time and just commit to it. Yeah. 
and then you you will feel it the day after even though you think it won't make that big of a difference it does it does but i feel like especially in this side of the world i would say in south america mainly because uh, i've been also been training in europe sometimes and i feel like um here from talking from experience that's something like sleep and resting in general is something that we struggle more with yeah. than than europeans i would say in this case <laughs> yeah yeah and that's one of the values of traveling right it's to see how other people do it to see if maybe they're doing something better on a rest day is that also a day for you to maybe eat anything you want is that a cheat meal day as well well i will i don't like talking about cheat meals why <laughs> Uh, I my, I take my rest days very seriously. Okay. Uh, but now that you start talking about uh, eat, eating and stuff, well, that's a that's a sensitive uh, topic for me. Like okay. sensitive, sensible. I don't know. Sensitive. I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got it. Well, well, topic for me because um, well, I came to the point where I can actually openly talk about. I had an eating disorder. Mm -hmm. uh, was like some years ago. I was at my worst, mm -hmm. so I don't like to see rest day as cheat day and don't relate uh, rest to eating a lot because, uh, well, this this culture that we have around food, especially and sport, eh, I think it's also unhealthy, not only for you as an athlete but for you also as a person, because yeah. Well, talking, bringing it back to the rest day, yeah, I take it very seriously. I do enjoy my food very much, but I know I do not only enjoy it on rest days. I enjoy it like all the time, and yeah. I try to make it um, balanced in a way. So, let's say it like that: if I want an ice cream on a Wednesday, I would have an ice cream on a Wednesday. Good, like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, the next time you want to have ice cream on Wednesday, you also send me a message and I'll go get ice cream as well. We'll, we'll do it from awesome. a, a continent away, but we'll have ice cream on, this, <laughs> on the same day as well. Thank you for sharing that. In your time, you're burning a ton of calories as a skater and during your bike rides. So what have you learned about nutrition along the way that you feel is very important? That food is energy. Mm -hmm. I really had a hard time understanding this and I learned it by heart because uh, I had to deal with an eating disorder and I feel like eating disorders in sport are very common but not a lot of people talk about it uh, so for me now that we are talking about this I would like to go a little bit more into it and say that in a lot of sports athletes we are um, asked to have like a perfect weight or a certain weight that's like below average or that in because of the pressure that we have to deal with as well from results and from federations and the same pressure we put on ourselves sometimes people some kind of people don't know how to really deal with this amount of of pressure and trying to be that perfect athlete 
with the perfect body and the perfect weight for your competition. So perfect doesn't exist. And it's it's been a, uh, well, I had to go through some hard situations over the years where I was close to quitting the sport because I, you know, health before fitness, but I was lucky enough to keep skating, keep doing what I love, and at the same time, recover from it. I learned that food is an ally on your athletic performance, and if treated and talked about correctly, it can make such big change and have a big, big impact in any athlete or even in the upcoming generations where they won't have to hide from it and just don't talk about nutrition or bodies because it's a taboo. So yeah, food is energy and it's our allies and it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, thank you for sharing that. And I, I think what stuck with me there about just like, there's no perfect weight. And I think you're right. So many times people are assuming there's a perfect, perfect body, perfect weight for that in, in every sport. So, uh, so thank yeah. you. Thank you for sharing that. How yeah. did you handle the emotional challenges that came from the last year of specifically not competing? Because I know that you love, you love skating. It's who you are. You are a skater. But if you don't have races, it, it can maybe mess with your identity of who you are. So how did you handle the emotional challenges of not being able to compete? I feel for some people it was harder than others um, but as i said earlier we in ecuador especially we have a lot of usually have a lot of races that you're qualified on let's say like that for your results and stuff so um, for me i think it was nice in the beginning to have a break from competing because mm -hmm. we race a lot and also a mental break from it like to actually come uh, to a calmer state where I could just focus on on training yeah. and not on racing. Um, but then after, because we were locked, in lockdown for such a long time, then I, you start like missing the racing and stuff. And then you see that all the races are starting to be canceled and you still have to train. Now the gyms are starting to open up and yeah, it was harder. It was harder, but as I said, um learning to enjoy the process is also part of that in trying to train and become a better athlete mm -hmm. right now today uh not because not for a race but because you want to do it like for now just you want to become that very better athlete mm -hmm. it helped me a lot as well and now that we actually are Starting to raise a bit more. I'm so excited about raising. I'm looking so much forward to it. I'm looking forward to world championships coming up. Because as I said, it's been like a long, almost two and a half years without competing on a world level. Because I've competed on an international level, but nothing com it's compared to worlds. Because it's, it's, such a different race and I feel like not only me but a lot of athletes will or are looking so much forward to to that big race yeah so 
yeah i think it was nice the the first half of lockdown was very nice to just take a like a, a mental break and get stronger on what you needed to get stronger and balance it out and then yeah just building it up yeah for the races yeah <laughs> thus far as you look back on your career which are the results that make you the most proud well i have one that's the biggest uh well the one that i've the most happy about is when i was a junior world champion in 2016 because that was a big goal that i was after for such such a long time and i was so close to giving up i was close to giving up before achieving it and i decided to give it one less shot as a junior and put all my energy and mindset to it give it my literally my all and it became it became a reality like i was world champion junior world champion so i feel like that's the most important one um and the one i keep in my mind with that precious I don't know, um, memory, yeah, like that. But there are also some others. For example, next year, 2017, uh, we won a world medal as well with the team on the relay. And that's another one that I really love because winning by yourself is amazing, but winning with a team, with like with your teammates, it's, it's even better. I feel like for the three of us, we were seeking that medal for two years and we were so close we were fifth we were fourth we were in the final so many times and we couldn't get it until that year that we were third and it was such a close finish uh with the usa actually <laughs> who became fourth uh and we were so 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 happy for that medal and that one is the one i i Keep in my mind as well, very, very much. Very cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. Some another one. It's another <laughs> bronze medal in South American Games. At first, South American Games as a senior skater, and I feel like this. Yeah, I'm just gonna say the truth, but I feel like because I was so young in the new like big senior category i was not very trusted you know what i mean okay. so people like i i feel like people didn't believe that i was going to be able to get a medal like that and i would say that sometimes i didn't even believe it myself but i really had to commit to it and decide what i was going to do and when i did it and it happened i was like damn it happened yeah so that one is a, a very nice one as well. I would say those three are the nicest ones. Yeah. Love that, love that. And, you, and you're beaming as, you're t as you talk about it. And it's interesting because so <laughs> many athletes, even in, in swimming and in, in running, it's always relay. It's always relay that people are the most proud of. So <laughs> I, I love hearing that. It's been a crazy 18 months. So with, with competing, with school, and just life in general, what do you feel is the biggest lesson you've learned from the last 18 crazy months? I think to be patient. Okay. To be patient. Um, yeah, because I feel like 
we were used to live on a rush, maybe I would say. And now that we literally were forced to stop all, all these stress, then you had to learn, like relearn to live without that, that stress, you know? So um, I would say that, I would say uh, to communicate as well, because it changed for me personally. It, I I'm in a long distance relationship and for us was it was very, very hard to travel and see each other during the lockdown because all the airports were closed and stuff. So we had to learn to communicate and to adapt to this new situation. So yeah, adaptability in general, I think was a big thing that everyone had, had to learn to do by heart and very fast. Yeah. So yeah, I think I would say those those things. Well, earlier before we started, you were talking about one thing that you love to do, and it's a phrase I'd never heard before, but it makes sense, and I already love the idea of bike packing. So very similar to <laughs> backpacking. I love this. So will you tell me more about bike packing and what it is that you love, and maybe some of the favorite locations in which you've traveled? <laughs> okay. Well, again, my boyfriend got me into it. And we were in lockdown here in Ecuador, in Manta, another city from the coast. There was no transport available, not buses, no airplanes, no nothing. And while well, he had to take a plane to go back to Europe, and we had to travel to another city. So he was like, okay, let's bike pack and get to that other city that we need to get to. And I was like, okay, like, Okay, tell me more about it. It's like, yeah, you bike 100 kilometers a day and then you camp. And then you bike the next day, another 100 kilometers a day. And I was like, oh, wait, what? <laughs> this was a vacation, yeah. <laughs> wait, what? Yeah. But then, yeah, like the idea of just getting to know these little remote places by bike, mm -hmm. uh, I feel you get to know like to really know the place in a different way. And at the same time you train because you're biking with a lot of bags in your bike. Yeah. So it's a, it's a very good training as well. And I enjoyed it. That was my first bike packing experience. And I will keep it in my heart as a very good, nice experience yeah that i love and since then i i've been loving it and we've been taking all smaller trips like two-day trips and it's always an adventure because you just choose a place where you want to go and you go you don't need mm -hmm. anything else than your bike yeah i like that you choose a place you want to go and you go i'm i'm gonna yeah. add i'm gonna make sure i go on a bike packing journey i think it's brilliant now, we've had over 60 countries represented on the show thus far, but I don't know why. It's a shame on me, but nobody from Ecuador. You're the first person from Ecuador on the show. For someone visiting your beautiful country for the first time, what would be your recommendations? Take all the time you need. Sell me on Ecuador. Why should people visit? <laughs> why not? That's well, true. There you go. That's the best answer. <laughs> okay, I would say Ecuador, if 
Ecuador is for everyone, first of all, because it has beautiful, beautiful nature. You find amazing uh, volcanoes in glaciers, and then some hours away you have beach, beaches, a lot of beaches, and awesome weather. Uh, so you can go and summit Cotopaxi or Chimborazo. If you know Chimborazo is the tallest a, a point on earth from the middle um, from the center of the earth okay so um, you can summit that you can enjoy just the beautiful scenery that there is uh you can go to the jungle as well or to galapagos islands and nature wise is amazing yeah. i would say but you can there's also like amazing cities and you can have like the city life, enjoy Quito or Guayaquil. I am from Quito. Um, well, if you come after the pandemic and where we're back to normal, you can enjoy uh, nightlife as well. And the city center in Quito is amazing. It's beautiful, uh, very colonial as well. Um, I would say the people as well. We're so warm and welcoming. So I think I think it's a nice country that people don't really know much about. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why, but they're I feel like they don't wanna take the step of or commit to getting to know Ecuador, probably because they have like this idea in their minds that don't fit their expectations of traveling. But let me tell you, you can find everything and whatever experience you want or have in mind you can just do it here it's it's beautiful you, you should come if you have the chance yeah I, absolutely put, food gonna, is amazing as well well tell me more about that what should i or when i go <laughs> not if but when i go to ecuador what's yes. the food what's the food and drink i gotta order there's so many hard <laughs> to choose um in the coast the coast has a lot a lot a lot of great food and I'm gonna start by um, talking about our shrimp. Our shrimp are huge. Okay. <laughs> so if you like seafood, Ecuador has amazing seafood, amazing uh, seafood dishes. Um, we also have verde, we call it verde, so a plantain, oh, you know, okay. plantain. I, I had the plantains in Costa Rica, I had were fantastic, so. Yeah, well, we have a lot of uh, traditional uh, cuisine that goes around this uh, ingredient, verde. verde. And people... That's perfect. Mi uh, apellido is verde, green. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and it's amazing. It's so simple, but I don't know a person that has tried tigrillo or bolones, or panesca, or uh, encebollado, or all these amazing dishes from the coast and like didn't like it. Uh, so I would say that the coast is more known for its um, cuisine as well in Ecuador. Okay. And, yeah, and it's, and it's very good. Seafood, generally. Perfect. Yeah, I mean, this has been 
so much fun. Gosh, I, I, I love our conversation. How can people stay up to date and follow you along your journey? Uh, I am very active on Instagram. You can follow me on at Gabby Vargas S98. So G A B Y V I A, sorry, A R G A S S98, like that. <laughs> Um, I also have a Facebook page, but I'm not very active on that one. So if you really want to follow up on a daily basis, I would definitely recommend Instagram. <laughs> yeah, there. I'm requesting a verde. I'm requesting a platano. I want to see the next time you have that. <laughs> that's my request. Yeah, tigrillo. Whenever you come to Ecuador, because I know you're coming already, you said you would. I will. <laughs> you should definitely have a tigrillo it's it's good it's Perfect. good it's a big breakfast it's good i also want to see a picture of helado so the next time you have that I want to i'll see post it. okay yes <laughs> that, that's also something that I'm, I'm actually posting a lot about like food yeah as an athlete and this is how athletes eat it's not like because you're athlete you're always eating salads and chicken yeah. Not really. So we also eat burgers. We also go out and have a coffee and dessert. So you're saying uh, you're normal. You're a normal human being is what you're telling me. Well, <laughs> yes and no. Exactly. Because <laughs> athletes, I, I would say they're, our lifestyle is it's not normal. It's absolutely yeah. different. We live on a suitcase and our work is different than the night of five. <laughs> Well, on that so, part, you don't yes want to and be no. Yeah. Not exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You, you get me. We, we're on the same page on that one. But in that sense, yeah, I want to normalize that because I feel like a lot of people also just see athletes like this perfect human being. You know what I mean? Like they just eat the perfect things and they take the perfect supplements and they count their macronutrients because they have to perform so well and all these mm -hmm. things. And I just want to normalize that a little more. So I love it. I love it. And I appreciate that you're doing it. And I respect that so much. Um, if you decide to come as well, just let me know. I would, this, this is something I will, I'd like to be an Ecuador promoter. So if you, if you come, I would take you out for a, a tourist. I could be your tourist guy and just, you know you I, where to go and probably go with you in some of the things it would be amazing that's I, something i really enjoy yeah well i'm gonna, I'm gonna hold you to that i'm all that. i definitely want to go i definitely will go um but yeah <laughs> I, I also i want to be an ecuador promoter i hope that people listen to the show that then when they're when they're done they're like you know what i want to go to ecuador as well i hope that I, that's oh. that's what i want to do and you were awesome okay yeah thank you, you. Awesome. i'd so love that to, to talk with you too and mm -hmm. How you say know someone from yeah elsewhere <laughs> gabby fantastic so terrific meeting you go enjoy the rest of your saturday it is three o'clock here so i think we're a couple hours behind you but go it's enjoy five. the rest of your yeah go enjoy the rest of your saturday and <laughs> your weekend i know that we'll chat again but just thank you for today yeah thank you too thanks for reaching me out i really enjoyed this i did too because it's the first part because i'm recording in english so First of many. Okay. Of many. I, I, I hope. I hope eventually we can, we can do this again in Spanish. That'd be great. That'd be something. Oh, that'd, yeah. be really, that'd be really neat. So. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Wonderful. So cool. So made my day. Made my day meeting.
Thank you. Same. I had such a such a blast. That's Thanks. Bye. Bye. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. Wasn't she awesome? Like I said, way beyond compare. And a truly wonderful ambassador for Ecuador. Give her a follow on Instagram, Gabby Vargas, two